Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Bob Rathbun here in Atlanta. Man, we hit the ground running, didn't we? The college season began last Monday, and wham, great games, big Michigan State upset, a lot of fun all across the country for the men and the women, and more to come. My guest this week, John Crispin of ESPN and Westwood One Radio, will get his take on the start of the new campaign. Always great to catch up with John. That's coming along in just a moment. But as always, we begin with our Jersey Mike's news and notes, and the United Center in Chicago is certainly going to be the college basketball epicenter Come Tuesday night when the State Farms Champion Classic gets underway, great doubleheader this year matches Duke against Michigan State and Kansas against Kentucky. The Gavit tip-off games Tuesday night features a top 25 matchup, Marquette at Illinois. And then later in the week on Thursday in Vegas, the Continental Tire main event pits number 23 St. Mary's against number 17 San Diego State. Want to offer our congratulations to two of our former award winners, for getting on the court and doing some great things. First of all, 15,000 at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte on Wednesday night to watch Caitlin Clark, our reigning Jersey Mike's Naismith Women's College Player of the Year. She dropped 44 on Virginia Tech in Iowa's big win over the Hokies. And Paige Beckers of UConn, our 21 winner, back on the court after another knee injury. Uh, idled her all of last season, her first game last Wednesday for UConn in 584 days. Great women's matchups, too. Key games on Sunday. ABC's got a great doubleheader beginning at 1 Eastern time. Maryland at South Carolina, followed by UConn at NC State. A chance to see Paige play on ABC this weekend. And later on Sunday on ESPN, it'll be Indiana playing at Stanford. Two more ranked teams going head-to-head. When we come back, my conversation with John Crispin. But first, this from Jersey Mike's. Good news. There's a Jersey Mike's coming to your area. You probably got a ton of questions, so I'll try to answer some. Yes, the meat and cheese for every cold sub is freshly sliced right in front of you. Yes, we grill every hot sub right in front of you. No, we do not accept pirate doubloons for payment. Yes, we have catering. 12 subs in a box. No, our restaurants are not haunted. I hope Okay, congrats on the New Jersey Mikes. A sub above. The start of the new season is here, and boy, what a thrill to have John Crispin join us uh, from ESPN and Westwood One. Uh, The new year always brings a a certain amount of joy and happiness that the games start to count again. And John, thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for all you do for us at the Naismith Awards. We're excited to get the new season going. I know you are, too. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's a great time, too, because there's just uh, there's just an aura of optimism out there. You know, you go visit some of these teams, talk to coaches at Media Day. They're, they're almost blindly optimistic because they, like we, don't really know their teams now, right? You've got right. all the transfer portal stuff, NIL. You have all these added variables to the game. And, and in a way, it, it adds more unknowns to a, a world of already prevalent unknowns, right, where these teams are new to each other, and a lot of, lot of the development you're going to see is going to be in-game throughout the season. So I actually enjoy that part because, you know, I find, I find order within the chaos type of thing where I think teams create dynamics, they figure it out on the fly, and then by February, March, you start to t- see what these teams are really all about. And the more experienced teams they know how to figure it out 
And we saw that happen last year in the NCAA tournament, and I think we'll see it again this year. Well, speaking of that, you had a ringside seat for one of the tournament's great games. You're, first of all, you're at the Garden, which is, like, incredible. Yeah. And then you end up on Westwood One calling the Florida Atlantic-Kansas State game for the regional championship and a, and a chance to go to the Final Four. Wow. I mean, of all the games that you've yeah. done, that's got to be right up there, right? Yeah, it was, it was incredible. And, and it's funny, as an analyst, you, you don't have a rooting interest, um, but you do at times. And you can't help but to be human. It's the same way with officials. Like, officials will make mistakes that are human mistakes. They're emotionally based. They feel the crowd. They, they can't help themselves but to be human. That was one of those situations where I loved Kansas State. I loved the way they play. I loved watching Marquise Noel, and he got hurt in that game, came back. We thought he, he, thought he was going to be out, but he came back and was highly effective. Jerome Tang is one of your – he'll be the, one of your favorite people you'll ever meet, not just favorite coaches. He'll be one of the favorite people you ever meet because he's that kind of connector. Um, so, so easy to root for him. But that FAU story was remarkable. And in a way, seeing the team do it with guys that are, that are less than what you think they need to be, meaning win with less, that way you'll end up getting more, and then you have a recipe for how to win when you get more. I think Dusty Mays figured that out. He, he was able to keep all those guys. They're confident. They've got that swagger that they, that they played with all year. And I think they expect to be considered a high-level team. I think they expect to be a top-ten-level team year in, year out, not just because of the way they play, but, but because of their belief in one another. And that all comes from their coach and Dusty May. So, yeah, that was, that was a real treat. I can't help but, but to say I, there was a part of me that was happy to be along for that journey, that ride. Not that I was rooting for them, but I did enjoy watching that, watching that unfold. Well, when you get to know the people, the coaches and the yes. support staff and the players, you can't help but uh, follow them and, and wish them well. Well, and that's the thing. You think of the stories in Keontae Johnson last year with Kansas State and Marquise Noel playing this, it's two guys playing together. Jerome Tang gets the opportunity as a head coach, and, and he nailed it. Uh, so you obviously root for him. You, know, you do that with everybody, and I think that's something fans don't really understand because their, their rooted interest is, is basically rooted in their own interest. You know, I think that's the way to look right. at it. You know, we do get to know every one of these people. We can empathize with them. Obviously, they all have a common goal in winning the championship, winning games, but it's all that work beneath the surface that you appreciate as a human being. And when you get to see it as an analyst, and then you see the people in, in you know, actually acting this out, you can't help but to empathize with the struggle, empathize with their desires and their goals, and, and then also appreciate what it takes to get them all together to maximize the potential, not only of each individual, but maximize the potential of the group. So you can't help but to root for everyone. There's no one out there that you want to see lose. I don't care what the story is. The second you have a chance to talk to them, you feel what they struggle with, and you root for them. So, yeah, it's, it's a great joy, but it's also tough because you got to see a lot of teams lose. Well, speaking of America's darlings that make it to the Final Four, yeah. here comes Florida Atlantic switching conferences, and they, I think in most preseason polls, have risen to the top as the contender for the regular season title and the conference tournament title in the American Athletic. Uh, you were down at Media Day. Uh, what was the reaction there? Well, it, it was really interesting because, you know, it's always been Houston and, and uh, Memphis. And Cincinnati's always been there as a big-name brand, but they haven't really emerged, uh, not yet. I think they're going to do much better in the Big 12. 
but they hadn't really emerged as the leader in that conference. And, and we felt like with Houston leaving, it was all going to be about Memphis. But then FAU goes on this run. And then you look at what North Texas and UAB were able to do in late season in, in the NIT, and you say, wait a second, there are quality teams coming in, one of them being a Final Four uh, you know, team in FAU. So we actually did interviews with Dusty May and Penny Hardaway together because in a way it was, we were showcasing what was great about the AAC. And Memphis, a name brand, Penny Hardaway, you know, Javon Quinterly coming in, they've always get great talent. It's whether they can get that great talent to play together. That's always the question. They always figure it out. But sometimes it's almost too late for Memphis. I think Penny Hardaway's learned a lot over the last couple of years, but he also now has a natural rival in FAU because it's not just how, what FAU did. You know, they beat Memphis, they move on, they end up going to the Final Four. It's how they beat Memphis. And, and in a way, it's how Memphis lost. So I think it's going to be really interesting to follow those two teams. Memphis has somebody to chase, as they always have with Houston. And I think FAU has teams behind them, unlike anything they faced in conference last year, that will test them and maximize the potential of their season. John, I wanted to ask you about Penn State with Mike Rhodes taking over. Obviously a completely new team. Uh, I think he's got like nine transfers coming in, something like that. Uh, and, and, you know, trying to put all this together on the fly is crazy. But uh, your thoughts on, on the Nittany Lions? Well, I think you've got to capitalize on the early years if you're Mike Rhodes. And, and I got a little, you know, I got my inroads there with my brother Joe being the special assistant to the head coach and really in charge of the offense. And one thing Joe has promised me is, like, we're not going to be boring. And I said, you know what, that's, I'm going to hold you to it. Because that's one of the things that has kind of hurt me and also has hurt the Big Ten a little bit in the NCAA tournament. I always felt like the season at times gets so grinding that it can be boring. And, and boring basketball doesn't work in the NCAA tournament. Michigan State made a nice run late last season because they've started playing fast. And that's something that Penn State is committed to right now is, is we're going to be different. We're going to play fast. And you have a couple years where you can really establish who you're going to want to be, commit to who you want to be and how you want to play, and make that how you recruit, right? Don't look at outcome. Look at style. Look at system. You know, show players that are out there that might be someplace else that, hey, you can come here, you can play 20 minutes in a game, and you could score 30, 30 points in any game because we maximize possessions. We play with pace. We, we press, so we need a deep bench. You know, you can use your style as a way to recruit. I think that's the most important thing to consider these days. Yes, NIL matters, and all these major schools are going to have NIL dollars to be able to attract talent. But the most important thing is to understand that you have to play a way that kids want to play. And fast is it. It's preparation for the NBA. It's teaching you how to read and react on the fly. And I think that's something they're committed to right now, so you'll see that. So the way I look at Penn State this year is you're going to see them win a lot of games that they probably shouldn't win, but they're also probably going to lose a lot of games that they shouldn't have lost. So it's going to be one of those, you know, figure things out on the fly type of seasons. But you got guys like Puff Johnson from North Carolina, Zach Hicks from, from Temple, two good shooters who have great length that allow you to press and extend the floor. But then Ace Baldwin, I mean, what a great pickup to, to bring him from VCU. He's a leader. He can play off the ball. He can play on the ball. But he understands what it takes to play under Mike Rhodes, and that's key. When you bring a guy with you, that's key. At the top, of course, is Purdue, um, Michigan State right there as well. But I just wanted to ask you, John, about, you know, the craziness of NIL. I mean, here we've got our yeah. reigning Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Player of the Year and Zach Eady. Love the kid. It's great. But now in 2023-24, he's faced with a situation where, where, A, 
I may not get drafted in the first round if I come out. might not get drafted at all. And I can, quite frankly, make more money going back to play yeah. college basketball. You know, that you used to say that 20 years ago, and, and it was a joke. But now it's reality. It's, it's yeah. nuts for those of us who've been around a while. Yeah, and I, I think there are certain situations that you look at and say, that's actually a positive. And, I, and Zach Eady is one that's been more positive for me. I think it's a negative as a whole when you look at the game and you say, all right, Oscar Shibway knew he had no real chance in the NBA, so he had to come back, and he made more money than he would ever make in the NBA. Frankly, he may have made more money in college than he, and he'll ever make professionally in a season, um, wherever he is. It's, it's that hard. It's that competitive at the next level. But, but Zach Eady's one where he's actually grown with the program. He's, he's in, in so many ways embodied what the program's all about. And when I saw those hockey jerseys, you know, I got to say this right, hockey sweaters, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw them making Zach Eady hockey sweaters and selling them as NIL, to me, that's what it's all about, right? That is name, image, and likeness. That is capitalizing on your own personal name, image, and likeness. He played hockey growing up. He's a giant. Let's sell hockey sweaters with Zach Eady's jersey or name on it. And it, they sell like hotcakes and he makes money. I think that's good because in a way he embodies and exemplifies everything that Purdue's all about. He's present on that campus. He's been there for three years already. I, I think I want to see NIL follow that model because what's happening is people are just going places. They're entering the transfer portal to get more money elsewhere. And, you know, with Bobby Knight passing, I think a lot of stories have come out about what he's really done for players. And what everyone is saying is like, look, I don't know who I'd be today as a 55, 60-year-old man without the accountability and the discipline I learned through Bobby Knight. And, and those are two things that we don't even talk about anymore, accountability and discipline. Without that, we don't have good habits. If you don't have good habits, you're not a good pro. So the real question is, are we making guys better pros or are we just making them money? I think somewhere in between, we've got to find the right middle ground to, to make them better pros, but, but to also get them paid for what value they do bring. Interesting. Uh, boy, we could have a long philosophical discussion about all of this. And I'll tell you this, we will come back and circle back during the season. We'll get an update and then we'll, we'll share uh, some of this stuff with our audience because it is just, uh, you nail it. I mean, it's, it's so important. These are young people, John, and to our fans listening, you know, these are 18, 19 year old young men um, that are looking to be coached and looking to be guided and yeah. looking to have foundations set for the rest of their lives. And it's just not a money grab, right? No, no. I, I always say, too, it's like, and I use analogies to try to make points, and sometimes I use the analogies that offend people at first so you can get them beneath the surface. And I always say when you bring a puppy home, the puppy likes the crate. Why does the, the puppy like the crate? Well, he finds stability and confidence in the crate. So, so the same thing goes for these young players where they're going to find stability and confidence in the discipline. They're going to find stability and confidence in that, those levels and layers of accountability. So we, we can't take those things away if we want to maximize their potential. And, and the potential for them in lifetime earnings is far greater beyond college basketball for most than, than it is. And even if Zach Eady were to not play in the NBA – that guy's going to make seven figures anywhere in the world. So his professional career will, will far out, you know, supersede what he does in college. But, but I do think we, we got to find the middle ground where we can still give 
people, and I'll say I'll call them just people. Uh, we hard to say them kid, hard to call them kids, hard to call them adults. They're young adults. They're people. These are young people that need certain things, and we can't lose that. We can't lose what makes them great at the next level. And 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 if we do, it's all going to correct itself anyway, because the le- the levels up top, the NBA, they're going to demand more. And so so I think we need to bob and weave from time to time. But the game's still great. We'll figure it out. Amen. John, thank you so much. We can't wait to watch you on TV and and hear you on the radio. And, uh, again, thank you for being such a key part to our Naismith efforts. And uh, have a great season. We will catch up uh, during the year. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. It's an honor. Hey, that's it for this week. Thank you so much. Please like and subscribe and download our podcast each and every week. It sure helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. We just love talking to great college basketball people like John Crispin and more to come in the weeks ahead as we are flat out rolling in the new season. For all of us here in Atlanta at the Naismith Awards, this is Bob Rathbun thanking you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.